going on ghouls and gals it is the inaugural the first episode of the fear frequency i am ceo hayes if you don't know my voice and my wonderful co-host we got the prodigal one himself jb's in the building what's going on everybody so we are here we, we figured leading into the halloween reboot what better way to start this podcast off than to do a series on halloween so we're here to cover halloween one and two but before we get into that JB, we said we, we, our, our kind of mission statement of this was we're going to discover what the best horror movie is of all time. So I got to ask you, this definitely is on your list, right? Both of these have to be on your list. Uh, honestly, uh, part one, Halloween one, yes, it's definitely top 20 for me. Halloween two, I really wasn't big on. Um, you know, we'll get into all that, but it, it, are they the greatest ever? No. No way. The journey continues for me. <laughs> but we'll get into our rankings towards the end. Uh, and it's funny that you said, because I actually enjoy Halloween 2 more than Halloween 1. Really? Yeah, yeah. So that that's going to make this conversation pretty interesting. So, um, I mean, Michael Myers, We, I don't even know like what, what's left to be said. Like, everyone should know who Michael Myers is. Like, I think he's one of the most iconic ones. The the shape, as he was referred to in the original, in the original film, um, this one, how it starts off in just a small town on Halloween day. Someone escapes from the mental institution and all types of craziness just ensues. What are your thoughts so far on the movie, man? Just the opening, probably the opening 15 minutes. We'll start there. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, you know, you, you, you had a young Michael Myers. I believe he was like six at the time and he's walking and you obviously you don't know who it is yet. He's walking and you see this, this guy and this girl making out. They go upstairs to bang. And uh, he goes he goes inside the kitchen, gets the knife and everything. And um, it was just interesting. The, the camera work really more than anything. Uh, for, remember, this is like 1978. We up until that point, I don't think anyone has done camera work like this kind of in the B, the uh, POV sense. So uh, it was interesting. Um, yeah. And then there's a there's a couple of things I, I want to point out here, though, um, like in the beginning of the film. From the time the guy and the girl, which is Michael Myers' sister, goes upstairs, it literally took Michael Myers about maybe a minute to go in the kitchen, get a knife, and go into the living room. So please explain to me how does the guy and Michael Smith's sister, uh, Michael Myers' sister go upstairs in one minute, get their clothes off, bang, the guy puts his clothes back on and headed downstairs. He was just really quick. One minute? One minute, man. There's a whole song based <laughs> off of it, JB. <laughs> All right, all right, I'll, I'll give you that. Then I found it interesting that he came downstairs. Michael Myers looks at him but doesn't kill him, doesn't touch him, doesn't do anything. He lets him go free and then goes upstairs, kills his sister. He comes outside. The parents are there. This it was a really weird scene because his mother and father see him with a bloody knife. And they're like, Michael, as if he, like, he had ate like a chunk of <laughs> cookie before dinner. Like, Michael, really? <laughs> Maybe maybe this isn't the first sibling he's killed. Maybe he had like ten originally, and he just like every Halloween he just offs a couple of them. So they're like, again, Michael, you shit, go, <laughs> Michael, go take a nap. You gotta stop killing your sisters, Michael. 
<laughs> what about you? What are your thoughts on the first 15? I mean, I think that it sets the perfect tone. I think that it, it distinguishes, distinguishes itself from the other slasher movies, um, around the time. Um, because like it's a kid and you we're, we're taught, we're, there's a few things that are all, almost always typically true in horror movies, especially back then. I feel like the last decade is changing, but kids have always been safe. Like, you don't have to worry about kids killing people. You don't have to worry about kids dying. Like, you just know if there's a kid in the movie, it's going to be okay. So the fact that they started this off um, with the kid, the one who's supposed to be pure, kids are typically portrayed as pure, being the one who's doing the killing, I think it sets the tone and lets you know you're going to be in, in for something completely different over the course of this movie. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, You normally don't see, like, kids, like, that at, in, in terms of, like, elementary school kids that uh do any killing or get killed so yeah it was definitely shocking for me just uh just a, a quick fun fact here uh in that opening scene when we see michael on the pov the hands that are reaching for all the things is actually uh deborah hill who helped uh you know, write the screenplay with John Carpenter. Um, John Carpenter in himself is iconic, but helped, uh, she, it's her arms we see. It's actually a, a, an adult woman's hands that we see because at the time they filmed this, they had actually had not casted a child yet. So I thought that was interesting as well. And one more fact, um, the mask that we see later on, which we'll get to, um, did you, did you, uh, read the information on the mask, like how the mask came about? You know yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. With the William Shatner mask, correct. They needed they needed a mask. Obviously, this film was very low budget. It was like three hundred twenty thousand, I believe. Um, they decided to go to a mask store. Um, they got a mask. It was between a clown mask, which would have really, I think, I don't think this this uh, series would have worked if uh, if it was a, a clown mask. I just don't see it. Um, versus, they took they found a William Shatner mask from Star Trek. It's a, a Captain Kirk uh, mask. They bought it for like a dollar ninety eight cents. They teased the hair a little bit and made it white, widening the eyes. And we have Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, an iconic mask. I think it's one of those things. And, and I said Michael Myers is iconic, but it really is the mask. You can put almost on anyone under the mask as long as they have a certain build, and you have Michael Myers. Um, but the mask itself. Um, has to be one of the most identifiable just visual elements period uh, i think even more personally for me even more than the jason hockey mask because there's something creepy about like the hollowed out eyes and yes a hockey mask jason made it creepy um but there's just if you saw someone walking down the street in a hockey mask you just think maybe they're playing hockey Exactly. If you saw someone walking down in a mask like the Michael Myers mask, looking ghostly in the face and hollowed out eyes, it would just be like, look, I'm going to go Run ahead and turn around. Time. Exactly. <laughs> um, let's move into the next part of this movie. Um, so we, we fast forward a few years and we get Lori Strode with her friend walking home from school. Um, and that's when the craziness starts. She sees Michael Myers. He peeps behind a few bushes or whatever. Uh, what did you think about the tone? Like continuing to build that tone because I, f I feel like, yes, you got killing in the first part, but everything else in this movie is just like a continual, continual build and just gets you creepy to the point to where once he does start the massacre at that point, you're just so ready for it to start happening that it freaks you out even more. What did you think about it? Right. So just to rewind a little bit, one of the things I, I, when I mentioned earlier that I, I love this part more than part two, this is what you just mentioned. That's one of the reasons I feel like it was a very slow 
methodical psychological built. We saw Michael Myers a lot of times. Uh, Laurie, which is played by Jamie Lee Curtis, obviously saw him multiple times. Um, another thing that we we, we kind of um, didn't mention. What makes this movie really brilliant, like to the next level, I feel, was John Carpenter's score. The score in this movie, the the, the that opening as well, the Halloween, uh, what we know as a Halloween theme, is just. Uh, I know we've used the word iconic already so many times, but that theme is so amazing. I think that sets the tone from Jump Street, from the very first second of the, of the movie. We have a tone. Um, now, when you're talking about Laurie walking with with her friends and things like that. It's crazy because Haddonfield, it's supposed to be this small town, but you really don't see any people. And over the course of this movie, outside of of the cop and Dr. Loomis, there are like – I don't remember much, any other like adults. Like where the hell are the, all the adults? Did they just like leave all the kids and they're like, where are the adults in this movie? And well, that's the thing too with horror movies of this time. Like that was always the thing. Like the, the adults were just – like those parents who walked in and were like, oh, do you have – Here's your lunch, and then they'll go to work, and then you won't see them for two days later. It's like, well, where the where the hell do you work at? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it was really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the adults in this movie were completely absent. That's funny. I, I hadn't thought about that before you before you pointed that out. So, yeah. go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just agreeing with you. So, I mean, going further into the movie, we get Lord, the whole setup with Lori babysitting. Um, and and the Halloween craziness ensues. What did you think of the first kill of fully grown Michael Myers? His first kill. What did you think about it? Um, I'm trying to rec- like remember what was the first kill. What was the first kill again? Um, well, technically, we don't see the first kill. The first kill happens off camera. True. And it's it's the mechanic, um, in which he kills, and that's how he has the jumpsuit moving forward, uh, later on, and that's what he has for the rest of the film and moving forward. Um, I'm trying to remember the first actual kill we see on screen. Was it the next door neighbor? Really? I don't. I really don't remember. It could. It, it might have been. Yeah, I think you're right. Annie, uh, whose dad I believe is the cop. I, I believe that was the. Uh, I believe that was the first kill. And, and let me just say something about that scene um i don't know what she was drinking if it was soda or what but just just make me understand again i'm going to be asking you a lot of questions because i'm looking to you as my brother to make it clear for me she's in the kitchen it's the middle of the night also she's in the kitchen she's uh drinking whatever it is she spills some so she decides to get naked down to her underwear to take off her clothes just because she filled spilled a little bit of Soda? Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. So you're telling me when you spill soda, you just get naked down to no, the No, no, I don't. But th- again, like, you got to remember the times that, that we lived in. Like, they just wanted an excuse to show. So th- there's, 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 in horror movies back in the day, and this is, uh, I guess, a theme we can break down. There were, there were clear themes, nudity an and kills. That, that was it. So if you, when you weren't using kills to keep your audience engaged, you were using nudity to keep them engaged. So that's all that was. They had they had to do it um, to I get well not that they had to, but that was a technique of how you get the oohs and ahs into the movie. Yeah, I definitely see that. I definitely see that. Um, I just felt that they could have probably done it in a way that made more sense. But uh, sure, they want the TNA factor. Um, also, another thing, another thing that we um a little bit earlier when we first met Doctor Loomis, it was Doctor Loomis and the nurse. They're dr- that's when they were driving to uh, the asylum or the institution where Michael was, and then they you know they see that some of the uh, people in the asylum have actually come out 
and that's when Dr. Loomis realizes Michael has escaped. Another crazy thing that happens here is the nurse is sitting in her car. Uh, someone jumps on her car, and she feels the best thing to do at this point is wind down her window, which absolutely made no sense to me. Um, do you, you recall what I'm talking about? Hold on. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Repeat that, bro. Uh, so what I was saying was um, when they went to – when Dr. Loomis and the nurse went to the institution to go look for Michael – uh, the Dr. Loomis got out of the car. He went to go see what was going on. He noticed that, okay, someone broke out. Michael broke out. But also at the same time, the nurse was inside the car, protected pretty much. But someone jumps on top of the car. You know, one of the one of the inmates, if you want to call him that, jumped on top of the car. And she felt it, it was the best time to wind down her window. Stupidity. White girl moments. White girl moment. That's what I was getting to. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's one of the themes is, is the white girl moment. That's just when we point out any type of extremely stupidity, stupid moments in, in the movies. And that was definitely, definitely one of them. And, it, you know, you have those those things that in, in real life, no one would do. But in the in the theme of the movie, they have to get got somehow. And so that's just a, a device. Absolutely. Now, talk a little bit about how about when Lori and her friend are inside the car and they decide, decide they decide just to roll one up and start smoking this is, remember this is the the sheriff's daughter rolling one up here i mean you it's just like the thing with the pastor's daughter they're probably the worst worst behaved people in in the world like sheriff's daughters i'm pretty sure are just as bad as church girls <laughs> you, yeah you're right no no not not just as bad but maybe like one level one level below probably i could see that and then um so they smoke they smoke the weed obviously inside the car and then she goes to meet her dad. I don't understand how this guy is the sheriff and can't even smell weed inside the car. So uh, that that bothers me. Uh, and he was so nonchalant when they asked him, "Oh, what happened?" And he was like, "Oh, you know, someone broke into the store. They took a mask, a knife and a rope. It was probably some kids." What is <laughs> kid? What the hell? You know, a it would have been knife and rope. It would have been a better, a better written line had it just been, oh, you know, we're, we're, it looks like just a couple of things were taken. But if you specifically say, oh, they took a mask, a knife, and a, and some rope, that's, that just sounds like somebody's about to get murdered, like, or kidnapped at the least. Yeah, oh, it's probably some kids. What do kids do with a knife, rope, and mask? <laughs> that's so funny, man. But, and this is the guy, mind you, this is the sheriff of Haddonfield. He's supposed to be the protector of this city. Keep that in mind. Sheriffs are another thing in in horror movies. They're universally dumb, unless you're like the sheriff in uh, Salem's Lot. I think is the only one that is even close to being competent. Um, but so as this movie progresses, we get, we of course get get the kills. What was your favorite kill from this movie? My favorite kill, kill hands down. I believe the character's name was Bob. Bob. Uh, had just finished banging his girlfriend in in a stranger's house uh <laughs> just keep that in mind and uh i think he i don't know where he went or what he was looking for but uh you know michael myers comes out of nowhere and michael myers just stabs his ass to the point where he lifts him off his feet and you just see like he, he's struggling and then he just dies and then after is the beauty of this kill even michael myers just looks at him and this is something that he'll do throughout um, once in a while throughout his movies, he just looks at him and he kind of tilts his head. Like he, I don't know if he was admiring his work or trying to figure out how he did that, but um, that was definitely my favorite kill. That was mine as well. 
That was mine as well. I mean, how can they not? That was that was the best. I think that was the best kill in the movie. Um, Absolutely. Because it's like it's like you, you like you said, you just got done having sex. It's like one of the the last thing you think of is I have to be on guard because someone may bum rush me and try to kill me. So I, I I have to stick up for Michael a little bit. Say what you want about him. You want to call him a murderer? Call him a murderer. You wanna you wanna say that he stalks people? He's a voyeur. Say all that, but. Give the man some credit. At least twice in this movie, he allowed the women to to, to to do what they had to do, and he allowed the guys to to, to to get do what they had to do and waited until after to kill them. He let them finish the deed before he killed them. And I, I, I think I think that's nice of him. That's just me personally. <laughs> I mean, you 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 know, he's probably he's been locked up in that asylum for so long. He definitely hasn't got any. So maybe he was like, you know what, I can give him this. Well, you bring up a good point now. You said he was locked up in the asylum for a long time. So explain and tell me how the hell he learned how to drive. I never remember Michael Myers driving or any any uh, you know, horror person, uh, killer or slasher driving. It was always they were always on foot. And it was interesting to see Michael Myers drive in a couple of scenes in this movie. Where did he learn how to drive? I mean, hey, that's another plot contrivance i mean driving really is we we didn't get to see him like he was parallel parking or driving the best he literally had to put his foot on the gas and hold the steering wheel straight so maybe that i mean <laughs> all right so so we, we went over the best kill uh we haven't really talked about the characters much so some of the most iconic characters in horror f- films laurie strode did talk a little bit about michael myers and dr loomis let's start start with dr loomis first Looking back at this movie, back back when I was younger, and this movie came out way before I was born, but I, just, of course, I grew up with it. But watching it, I didn't realize how much Dr. Loomis overacted. Like, oh, I feel yeah. like I feel like he was shaking his cheeks every time he talked like, Michael, like, it's just, I don't know. But what do you think about Dr. Dr. Loomis? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I think his his acting was even way more over the top in Halloween, too. But yeah, his acting, I, I, Hayes. They had a three hundred thousand dollar budget. What do you want, Jack Nicholson? This is they had to take what they can get. Um, and I, I if I'm not mistaken, Don Pleasant, who who uh, was Doctor Loomis, I think he was the highest paid actor on this one. Uh, I believe he was like twenty thousand. Jamie Lee Curtis was, uh, I think I want to say eight thousand. But the most surprising of all, uh, Michael Myers. How much do you think he got paid? The guy who did the bulk of the uh, the bulk. Of the work, because I think Michael Myers was actually played by like three different people, but the guy who did like ninety percent of the work, how much do you think he got paid? Just take a guess. Five thousand dollars. Close. Twenty five dollars a day. Did a day? Sense. Well, I mean, yeah. it was it was nineteen seventy eight. I don't know what minimum wage was back then, but that he probably that was probably a decent job for him too. And it's not like he was a big time actor. I, keep in mind what really what really you're doing. You're just you're not even speaking. You're just moving. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's not, the, 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 uh, there's not much involved. Like, for example, it was a Freddy that has to talk and be witty. You know, it's just a guy standing there with a mask. Um, so, but still, regardless of the fact, $25 a day is just crazy. That's like, they just found some random guy off the throne, like, here, here's 25 bucks, come be in this movie. I mean, but you gotta think, how, how many days were they, were they shooting? Do you know? I, I I may be wrong on this, but I don't think I don't think filming was a, was long. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they filmed it under a week. I know they wrote the script in like two days or something like that. Um, it was a very quick. It was really done quickly. And again, because of the low budget, there's a lot of crazy stuff. You go online and read it. Like 
they were so low budget they had to the leaves that we see first of all this film was actually shot in in uh california i believe in pasadena and uh, it was shot in the middle of like august so they were there weren't really any leaves so they had these leaves they they painted them and they would once the scene was over they would actually gather up all the leaves and reuse them that's how low budget it was and a lot of things a lot of things people always talk about is there was a lack of blood in this movie as well and i think that one of the reasons was because again it was so low budget didn't even have money to do the proper blood you know it was very low budget but yeah. in the, it ended up grossing you know we're talking you know 50 60 70 million dollars something like that so I I just looked it up just for ish and giggle. So 1978 when this movie was filmed, uh, minimum wage was 265. Wow. So that that just puts that $25 per hour a little bit in in perspective. It's it's really not that bad of a wage back then. But how how many hours do you think they shoot a day? Couple, I would think. Uh yeah, yeah, but I mean, hey, and I'm sure there were days too though that he didn't have to film much. I'm sure That's there are days where true. he didn't have to film much. Like he showed up, maybe did one scene. Um, so I'm just true. saying. Good even if the, even if, even if they were there ten hours, he was making close to minimum wage, and I doubt they were filming for ten hours a day every day. There you go, CEO so. Hayes, CEO Hayes, the, uh, the the front man <laughs> of the villains union. <laughs> uh, Actors Guild, here I come. But uh, so the ending of this movie. Um, as as everything progresses, uh, Lord, oh wait, 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 we didn't talk about Lori. Lori Strode as a character is she uh, the best scream queen of all time? That's a tough one. I'd have to really think about it, but it, she was the one that 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 that. If it wasn't for her, they, that term probably wouldn't even be. She was the very first scream queen. Um, she went on to do other films like the other Halloween, um, Prom Night, and such. But yeah, I mean, she I think she she did phenomenal in this role. Also, this was her first movie ever. Um, and I think she did she did great. Uh, the acting was good. Um, I would I would probably say of everyone in this movie, her acting was the best, um, hands down. The some of the like her friends, uh, I think uh, Linda, the girl's name was, and Annie, their acting was friggin' horrible. Like really to the point where like it was just like unwatchable at times. Like their acting was really bad. But uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, her her acting was pretty good. So I thought I thought she was good. I thought. Um, it was good that they didn't use somebody that's done a lot of film before, a fresh young face. And um, as we all know, this was basically the the uh, launching pad of her, what was you know pretty much a successful career. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, a career that went on to span it's freaking. I mean, three, four decades. Like it's crazy yeah. how how just far it went from this. I mean, yeah, we're four decades in now. So just just imagine that. But uh, so the ending of this movie, man. What you what did you think about the end with Michael? Uh. And Lori and how that all boils down. And it's weird talking about their relationship because I want to wait till we get into Halloween 2 to start talking about that. But sure. what, what do you think about the ending in this movie? Um, the, the last sequence I, I liked, um, although, again, I, I know, I'm just for anyone listening, uh, please understand I'm a huge fan of horror. That, I mean, we're doing a horror podcast for Christ's sake. So when I poke fun at, at the movies, it's just simply for entertainment. Um, you know, this movie was amazing, but I love how. When uh, looking from Michael Myers' point of view, when he's killed all these people um, throughout the movie, and now this is it. This is the silver tuna, the biggest kill. He finally has an opportunity to get his person, and he takes a swipe and completely misses her and, like, grazes her arm. 
Um, that was a little bit of a fail moment for Michael Myers. Um, but yeah, the, the, the ending scene I think was done pretty well. I liked Michael Myers chasing her. And um, you know she tried to outsmart him by hiding in the closet. He did not fall for that at all. Um, you know, And then Don Pleasant's coming in and shooting him like six, seven times. And uh, just the end when you see him fall out the window, you're like, okay, this is it. He's finished. And then at the end, Don Pleasant looks out and he's not there. And the, the movie going to credits, that's that kind of – as a young person watching this, I have to think all the people who watched this back in the day, they're like, well, this guy is still alive. Like this guy can actually come to my where, where I am. Like he's still out there. You know, it's it's. I think it was done really well. And what, what's even um, even more cool is John Carpenter. None, no one had any ideas or any thoughts or plans to make a sequel. Although the ending leaves a sequel up for grabs, they just did not do that. They had no idea that they were going to do that. But yeah, I, I did. I do think the uh, the ending one was done pretty well. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, the ending was done perfect. I think it was done, it was the perfect way, like you said, even if a sequel wasn't necessarily in mind. So just to be creepy. I mean, just to, just to leave it hanging and leave you thinking. I always love movies that the end and you walk away and you think more, almost as much about it leaving the movie as you did during the movie. And that's absolutely what that, what that did. And then the fact that they, they played, uh, his breathing. So you like knew he was still out there. Um, but I'd be anywhere. Yeah, it could be anywhere. That that let's jump right into Halloween two then, and that's pretty much how the how Halloween two kicks off. It starts off with the ending of Halloween one. Um, so first, like there, of course, this isn't the first direct sequel. It's not even the first movie to kind of pick up where the uh, the previous entry left off. But I think it's it, it has to be at least one of the first that I've seen to actually play the ending of the of the previous movie as the beginning of this one most sequels that pick up right afterwards it kind of expects that you've seen it and it just picks up the story literally how did you feel about that technique did you did you like that as much as i did i i did enjoy it you have to also keep in mind we're talking 70s i don't think vhs was huge back then so for someone who um who saw the film a long time ago or never saw the film it gives them a chance to f- see what happened in a quick you know quick overview of what happened and and see you know moving forward how it connects the only time i can remember this being done in the 70s is um with the rocky movies outside of that i don't remember rocky but i do like the fact that he did that yeah and and so we get the scene with Lori uh, waking up and her tussling with Michael and the whole shooting in the end. And then we get uh, them taking his or not taking his body, but Dr. Loomis being worried about where he is and everything and saying that he that he survived. Um, I feel like it just it, it sold home what we just talked about, like he could be anywhere. I think that they picked up that thread very nicely for those who've seen the movie. It's like. Absolute. If you knew you shot someone and their body was gone after they just killed a bunch of people, it's not going to be like, oh, well, he'll just I feel like movies nowadays be like, well, I shot him five times. He's he's dying somewhere. They didn't play it that way. They played it where he can be anywhere. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And I I like that was uh, immediately just like part one. Immediately, they set that tone early that there's danger. It can be anywhere. Um, You know, you earlier talked about Don Pleasant's Dr. Loomis, his his overacting. Oh my God! More than any, this this opening scene with him, the overacting was huge. I shot him five times. Or what was it? Six times? I shot yeah. him six times. He's alive. He's alive. It was. I was like, whoa, calm down. I understand you shot him six times. Let's go look for him. Now another thing, also that I I, I you know I, I thought about. He's saying all this to the the uh, the sheriff. 
the sheriff lives in town. I can't believe he didn't think to be like, holy shit, is my daughter okay? Like, is she fine? Maybe I should stop by seeing that though we live like two blocks from here. Let me stop by and make sure my daughter's okay. But not once did he mention his daughter or anything like that, which I thought was weird. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, it's He's just such a fucking interesting character. Um, the, the, the sheriff in this town is just like, I don't know. He just seems like he's not, like, if there's any character that you had to pick out that's like not really in the world that they set there, it seems like he knows he's in the movie. If that makes any yeah, sense. It does. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not supposed to worry about my kid. Um, but you know, nonetheless. What do you what, Fuck, so I'm, just here, I'm just here for a paycheck. <laughs> What's next, man? What do you want to talk about next with this movie? So um so I thought also another thing I want to point out with this movie, we didn't really get a whole lot of Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, the movie's about an hour and a half, and I'd say maybe we got about twenty, twenty five minutes uh out of her. I think more time was spent I, I, I can understand this most time was spent on the secondary characters and uh kind of creating their story building their characters um i guess you kind of have to do that because when they get killed later on we have we have to sympathize somehow um so yeah i mean that that was that was interesting that i saw that the main focal point wasn't really Lori, and I don't even think it was Michael Myers. I was more so on the characters and building the characters. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It, it was about building the the world that they set up in the first one. And I think this is one of the best sequels to, to use uh, the original one as a jumping off point. Like, of course, when you're trying to establish a film, it's hard to get in depth when you have a bunch of, especially when you're a horror movie, like horror movies in general, like a lot of the characters don't have depth. Like you don't get that. But with this one, when they were building and once you found out that Laurie Strode was Michael Myers sister, it just, it, I love it when sequels make you rethink the first one. And now when you go back and watch the first one, now knowing that that's his sister, it adds a, a depth to that story. Absolutely. There is that layer. And I kind of love the way they unfolded that plot because it wasn't this big unveiling. It was a little a, a matter of fact statement that was done between uh, between uh, Dr. Loomis and uh, I believe it was the nurse in the car where he was, you know, she told him, hey, there was a file that was locked away. You never saw it. Laurie Strode is Michael Myers, a little sister. Now, I know I'm probably looking too deep into this, uh, which I tend to do, but just walk me through this, CEO. And again, I told you I'll be asking you questions that were unclear to me. So Michael Maya's parents have a daughter, beautiful daughter. They have a son. Their six-year-old son kills their daughter. He goes away to a mental institution. And then they decide to have another child two years later. How – am I missing something? I don't have kids. You have kids. So maybe you can <laughs> can, 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 can help me out. Well, you got to think people people grieve in different ways. Um, and having maybe sex? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they felt because they, they lost a child to being murdered by a sibling. They lost another child, that child who murdered them because he went away to the mental institution. So maybe they felt like they had to fill that home. Maybe they, that after, after, maybe they spent a year grieving. They're like, okay, let's, let's, let's do this family thing again. What the hell? No! Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not buying that. People do that. Go, go back and look. Like, it's like people who have, a, have kids and, and, Maybe they're born stillborn or whatever. They do try to go almost immediately. A lot of them go back and try to have kids immediately. Bro. Oh, actually, my aunt, my aunt had a her second child was stillborn and she ended up having a, another child that I totally get. But not when one of your children 
kill another one of your children. At that point, you have to think like, damn, is like my sperm tainted or some shit? Like, I, I birthed the devil. Like, no, I'm not doing this again. But they literally and, – and the thing is, if it was like five, ten years later, it was two years later she was born. Yeah, I mean, it, it – you, I mean, JB, honestly, man, like pe- there are some people who just feel like they need to be parents. Like I, I get what you're saying. It is weird. I'm not saying that it's not weird, but I'm just saying, man, I mean, I'm sure that it's happened before. I mean, this – this, I mean, people lose children and adopt other kids or whatever. Like it happens. So, so w- that leads me to also wonder – so what's so Michael Myers? His whole thing is like he just because if you notice, majority of the people he kills are young girls. So uh, thinking psychologically here, what does he have against girls or young girls? Or is is every young girl he sees, he's thinking it's his sister, and he's like you know imagining his sister and he's trying to kill his sister. And if that's the case, also why did he kill his sister in the first place? Was it because in his eyes she did a a a, a sin? Um, you know, when she had sex with, with, with the guy from, from the beginning of the, uh, part one, or what is this, this, uh, fat, you know, this infatuation or this obsession with young women and Michael Myers? I know I'm getting a little bit more psychological, but I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. Um, I mean, maybe it is, maybe, maybe it's something. Um, and of course we don't get a lot of the backstory of Michael Myers, but maybe he had an older sister. Maybe they treated the sister. Maybe he felt like they treated the sister better than him. So maybe he has a natural thing where he doesn't like women or yeah, like you said, or, or yeah, or maybe he sees everyone at maybe, or maybe it's not even due to his parents. Maybe his older sister did something to him where now every teenage girl, all he sees is his sister. Like could you said, like, yeah, bullied him or whatever. Yeah, I could see that. So, hey, that's why you don't bully. You never know. You could be bullying the next Michael Myers and we don't want that. <laughs> exactly. Good freaking point. <laughs> But all right, so as we said, you know, they they built out that story with saying that Laurie Strode was his sister. Now, when you found that out, um, and I don't like if you me, I saw Halloween one and I think Halloween two like back to back. When because by the time I been old enough to see these movies, they had been out for like ten years at that point or something. Um, so when you came to that recollection uh, of him being her sister, did it did it do something for you, or did you have it ruined? for you like did you know going into part one that they were sisters just because you saw it so far after the they originally came out that's exactly what happened to me i never even at one at one point at all period ever thought there was a time where we didn't know Lori was michael's sister i thought that was from the get-go i thought that was already prior knowledge but it's just that i haven't seen these movies so long that i forgot like wait a minute they did they never mentioned that until part two uh, Lori, Lori, you know, Lori was was the, the the child of the Strodes. Well, you know, later we found that obviously she was adopted from, from the Strodes. But I always thought from the beginning, like we knew that. I didn't know that it was such a reveal in part two because again, I saw these movies. We're talking, you know, twenty five years ago when I saw these movies. I was, you know, I was a little kid when I saw these movies in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it's yeah that's crazy i think i don't know how how that reveal didn't get ruined for me i guess because like i saw i started horror movies so young so no one would have sit there and been breaking it down for me by then um but yeah if for anyone who found that out before watching the first one i kind of feel like they're robbed a little bit because to me it just adds so much to it but let's not hang up on that so much we've talked about that um favorite killing this one because i know mine my favorite killer, and I know, I know, I'm I'm kind of doing the same shit again, but it has to be. I think her name is Jill, Nurse Jill, and it was pretty much almost an identical kill, 
as part one where she he kind of got her off the ground he stabbed her and she got off the ground and except this time you know her white shoes actually fell off and um that was my favorite kill on nurse jill yeah yeah was that the one that the one where he held her under the water the hot water no 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 this is the one that he stabbed her picked her off her up off her feet and then like her shoes fell off it was just like bob in part one almost a similar kill Okay. Okay. Yeah. My, mine. Mine is that one. The uh, because of the scene is much like what we talked about with the first one. This couple's trying to have sex. Um, she gets naked. Gets in. Gets in the hot tub with him. He goes and checks on it. He kills the guy really quick. And just that scene of him putting her, his hand around her and she kiss her, kissing her, his fingers and stuff. And then she gets murdered. Like it's just that's just a great kill to me. I, I, I'm sorry. I love it. Not that I like. Not that I like to see women get killed. But it's All just right. that scene. <laughs> But so how come he like kills how come he kills her or he throws her in the water and she's getting scorched and burnt but he he's not wearing any protective wear on his hands how come he's not getting burnt so is again is Michael Myers human but really strong or he this supernatural being that's and that's the thing like in all horror movies especially the age like there was either they had super strength of some sort even though they it's not established they don't say that these but like anytime you're picking some someone's whole body up with a knife with and just them hanging off off your knife and you're picking it up by your hand like that's super strength it's just, i don't care what anyone says so there's always there's always a level of like supernatural with almost every killer even if it's not established like in the in the movie but yeah his hand should have been burnt to a crisp too like his hand should have been jacked up but he feels no pain i think that i think that that was established maybe that was established in a later movie but he just doesn't feel pain yeah that that will i i forgot that i believe you are correct about that so that would make sense because i mean the guy the guy gets burnt he gets stabbed he gets shot like he's 50 cent a million times and it's just, he there's nothing there's no pain there's no nothing so um yeah maybe that maybe you're right maybe it's just that he doesn't feel any pain and he's just oblivious to pain now here's another question how did you like the contrast from Halloween 2 to Halloween 1 in terms of the setting uh, part 1 we got a lot of uh, the community and, and the neighborhood uh, of Haddonfield, the city of Haddonfield, whereas part two, majority of the of the setting was inside that that hospital. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I, I understood it because that's where Lori was. So if if we're doing the the tone of this movie is his focus is Lori. Like at the end of the day, what he wants to get to is Lori. Um, so it makes sense that most of the movie would be be set in that hospital. Um I will say this though, I think that I, I, I think that I don't like what they did with a lot of the characters in the hospital, a lot of the nurses, just as far as from like, they were just a little too hokey to me, but maybe that's just me. Um, but it was, it was the eighties. So, I mean, people were hokey in general back then. So I'm pretty sure, sure. It, was, it was more true to life than watching it now, but, um, that would probably be my only, only critique of that. Yeah. Um, I, I, it was something different. Um, and I felt like, it was a good way to get every single person into one segregated area. You know, like moving – when we get more further into other horror movies, like a, a lot of the Friday the 13th movies where pretty much all the kills happen in one house. There's all these teenagers getting drunk, having sex and doing drugs, and they all get picked up one by one. This is kind of that. Uh, all these people are inside the uh, inside the, uh, the the hospital, and they're just going to start getting picked up one by one until Michael finds um, Lori and you know tries to finish her as well. Um, so yeah, I thought it was different. Now, also a couple other things. Now, you know, we're kind of just jumping around. We're not following any script. So obviously, some scenes happened before than we're saying. But how about the 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 Michael Myers 
from in the kind of earlier in the movie where Dr. Loomis sees who he thinks is Michael Myers and we get this action sequence and this car and then the car just runs over this Michael Myers character and goes up in flames and we later find out that that wasn't Michael Myers at all. Turns out it's um, Ben Tramer. And for those who, who forget, Ben Tramer was actually mentioned in Halloween 1. She was the guy that Laurie kind of had a crush on. Like she was on the phone with her friend and they were kind of teasing her about this Ben Tramer character. So uh, how do you how do you like that aspect? Or what, do you, what are your thoughts on that aspect? Also, where the hell did he find this Michael Myers mask from? Um because he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been some special character everyone knew about all this is the same night going back from part one as well we're all in the same day here exactly so clearly someone had the same idea as as michael myers to just dress up as a at halloween as, as someone with just a creepy mask um that's how i took it um but i'm sorry what, what was your first i got so caught up in the mask what was your first question <laughs> no 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 my question was uh the bench the bench framer um aspect you know he was wearing the mask and he he got killed so they kind of made a connection it's a it's a small connection they made from part one because they they didn't mention him in part one he was never shown and now they show him in part two so michael myers um you know kills someone that you know laurie possibly liked or just just ben tramer as a whole with him being in, mentioned in part one now he being killed in part two yeah um yeah i mean it's it's like we said like the writing in this movie is on point so the fact that like you said he was mentioned that we actually see him he gets killed that connection it's just dope writing i think um in my opinion i i just i feel like that's uh that's the benefit of having someone write both movies because you know now like the john carpenter in general i think is just a gem in general mm-hmm. but um i think that he him knowing his script and knowing where he can pick certain threads up is just add a layer of having that the same writer across both movies yeah, I agree, and he did. He did write this uh, as well. It's really interesting because he wrote this. He did the score for it. He did everything, literally, except direct the movie. Um, I, for whatever reason, he opted not to direct. I believe he was working on um, Escape from New York, if not mistaken. I think that's with Kurt Russell. Um, but yeah, he he did not direct this. But I know at the end, I remember reading somewhere at the end, he felt like there was not enough. Um, violence or gore and he ended up reshooting a couple of the scenes i don't know which scenes in particular but yeah john carpenter as you said you said it best he's he's a gem absolutely yeah yeah so what else did you get out of this movie what what were some of your your favorite moments and things like that i mean it's just just michael myers killing like it's something about michael myers like like yeah it's michael's just michael myers i think this while the first movie established he was going to be a different type of killer um, this movie made him the icon. And that's why I, I personally like part two. Well, and that's the thing. They enhance each other. That's why I wanted to do them together. Cause I feel like they're the perfect one, two punch. Um, and I think that part, parts of two make part one, a better movie. And of course, part one picking up on those threads makes part two better. It's a sequel. It should. Um, but yeah, Michael just, Michael's murdering his stalking, just everything about Michael and how, when he finally like Lori's getting prepared for him. So to say, like she, she knows that he could come back around, I think. Um, so it's the character building that makes this movie so good to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the movie was good. I still feel Halloween one was a better movie only because I I love the methodical approach, just the slow burn. And, uh, there was so many times that, we got false scares, uh, you know, if that's the right terminology, where, okay, uh, clearly he's going to jump out, 
and the character turns around and he does not jump out. That happened so many times. It happened a couple times in Halloween Two as well, but I don't. I think the pacing was a little bit different in Halloween Two. Um, but also another thing I wanted to talk about: How about the difference in Michael Myers in terms of his killing? In Halloween One, we got some. You know, he strangled someone with a cord. He strangled someone with his hand. He did a couple stabs. I felt in part two, we got a little bit more creative. We had the, the, the doctor with the syringe in the eye. We had the other nurse that, uh, I think he like let her IV drip out the, the, with the blood. We had the bathtubs, the, uh, hot tub scene. How about his creativeness in part two? Yeah, I think, I think, okay. So if we're just really being like in, I know we made the joke that he, he may, maybe he killed a bunch of siblings, uh, in right. uh, Halloween's all the time, but let's say, so, if we're looking at just what the movie presented, he killed his sister and then went away. Yes. So he killed one person when he had locked up in the mental institution. Part one, when he got out, he was killing people, but really as a way to get to Lori, so to say. Um, sure. And maybe he found out in the course of that, hey, I like this killing thing. <laughs> let, now let me let me torture people. I can, I can, of course, I can just stab them a couple of times. And they'll die. But let me. Let, let, let me be a little creepier with it. I want them to know they're about to die. Like, I think a lot of these and a lot of the a lot of the kills in this movie, like, whereas people before he in the first one, he killed. It was over this one. They had to have that moment of, oh, shit, I'm about to die. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you hit it on that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that was it is that he's like, now I, I want them to know I got him. Just. Yeah, no, I definitely see that. Um, yeah, I guess a good word to put it is. You know, Michael Myers is more cynical in this movie, and he just, like you said, he wants him to think about dying. It's a, a lot of the kills were were slow kills. They weren't just immediate slit the throat and and the person's dead. Um, some of it, I'm sure, was just uh, not a quick death. Um, so just moving moving ahead a little bit, um, what did you what for you in this one? What was the the white girl moment in this one for you? Um, what was the white girl moment? I- <laughs> That's the thing is I would almost have to say it goes back to my favorite kill. Like her kissing his hand. Like you should know someone's hand. A, his hands look like he just got done like digging in the cow's ass or something. Like, <laughs> like he's Michael Myers is clearly he's not the same a, body type. He, he's, he's clearly a white man, but that was a black hand. Like that's what that was. You should know. Like, A, he was just in the water with you. There's no way that man's hands should have been that dirty. I just think that was just an idiotic moment. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, for me, it's the uh, uh, I forgot the name that I forgot the actual title of this character, but he's the 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 sheriff or whatever his name is that comes to take away Doctor Loomis after they realize Ben Tramer has been killed. It's not Michael Myers, and now the governor wants Loomis to to kind of get out of town, and the guy comes to get Loomis. And uh, it, it sets up to the ending of the, you know the ending when Loomis get, you know puts the gun to his head and is like hey turn around we got to go to the hospital we have to go save Lori type of thing when he finds out that's that's Michael Myers' sister his kill was the white girl moment Michael Myers got shot he's on the floor you he didn't even bother to check to see if he's dead or not Doctor Loomis told him two or three times don't go next to him we don't know if he's still alive and the guy's like oh no no he's not breathing. Okay, fine. He's not breathing, but he decides to kneel down, get all up in Michael Myers' shit, and the whole time Michael Myers is alive, Michael Myers just gets back up, slits him in the throat, and he's dead. White girl moment for me. <laughs> okay, I I can go with that one. That one's probably the better white girl moment. 
Yeah, I mean, both both of them were idiotic. Yours too, uh, definitely. Michael Myers is not even the same body type as that nurse's boyfriend or or whoever the hell. Not was. even not- Michael Myers is like a good foot and a half taller than her boyfriend at that. Um, but also, did Michael Myers have long sleeves on? Yes. Wasn't the guy naked? So yes. Wait, he just threw on a jumpsuit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's no logic in it. Um, but all right. So the end of this movie, Michael Myers is set on fire. Um. What did you think about my, about seeing Michael Myers set on fire, man? Because it bothered me some. So I wanted to see me. another ending like the first one where we just don't know. But So here's the thing. And I actually read up on this because I'm like, hold on. Michael Myers. Like, okay, how they, I understand supernatural or super strength, whatever you want to call it. But he's burned to death. He's burned to death. And also, Dr. Loomis is burned to death as well. But I've seen the motherfucker in other, uh, other Halloween movies. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how is how they get this. So I read up on that. But. I just want to rewind a little bit before we get to that very, very last scene. When they're inside that room and they're blocked in, Dr. Loomis and Lori, they decide to come up with the idea of, of putting on all the, all the oxygen, you know, putting on the oxygen and, and getting the gas going. But before that, Lori shoots Michael Myers twice. Explain to me how someone that clearly has never held a gun in their life takes two exact perfect shots in Michael Myers' eyes. And this is a very small hole shoots like bullseye in both eyes how is that possible are we sure she's never shot before well i mean come on what she's is, a, she could, she's a country she girl she could i mean you never know well, yeah i guess so i fine 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 well i'll give you that <laughs> at any rate i read a, i read up about why why this was done and apparently uh john carpenter and everybody involved with the film this was really supposed to be it um, this was supposed to be the end of Michael Myers. They had every intention on continuing the Halloween uh, story, but not necessarily as Michael Myers as the villain. They wanted to end Michael Myers' uh, story and begin someone else's story and then end that story and begin someone else's story. And that's how, how they wanted to progress. So that's why this ended like, OK, we're going to close Michael Myers' story. We're done with Dr. Loomis. We're done with Michael Myers. And that's it for this chapter of Halloween. So uh, I don't know if you knew that, and if you didn't, what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, and I, I, I did know that that was originally supposed to be the end of the Michael. That's why it was so definitive. That's that's why it was different than than the first one. They only brought Michael Myers back because I mean, Halloween three has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Um, he's not he's not character. None of these characters are referenced. He has nothing to do with it. It was a story about witches, but that's why they did that because that was the original plan was to get. Turn it was to turn Halloween basically into like an anthology series, whereas something crazy happened on Halloween in every movie, but they were kind of separate from each other. Um, but they quickly found out that without Michael Myers, he is the Halloween franchise, and then brought him back in part four. Um, but yeah, I mean that that doesn't surprise you. you, you it they didn't want to be tied in, and in some aspects, I respect that. And I do, I even think now, like, there's a world in which that could have worked. It just sucked. It, the third movie just sucked so bad, they had to go back to Michael Myers. If they would have built a better third movie, we could have never got Michael Myers again. Just think about that. Which I think would have just been an injustice because Michael Myers is so amazing. And I'm so glad that Halloween 3 bombed, so they had to bring him back because I can't imagine Halloween without Michael Myers. It's just not the same. I mean, he 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 is Halloween. You think of Halloween, you ask somebody, oh, when you think of Halloween in terms of horror, what's the first thing you think about? Every, but 99% of the room is going to say Michael Myers. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I'm happy they brought him back. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll get into the sequels in, in, in the next installment, but uh, 
Halloween 1, Halloween 2. And where our rating system is either the worst horror movie ever or the best horror movie ever. What are you giving these two films? I cannot say these two are the best horror movie ever. Um, while I, I, I enjoy both movies and I really enjoy part one, I think it was done well, especially with the budget that they had. Um, I cannot say that they were the best movie ever. So I guess I'd have to go with the, the worst movie ever. Wow. Wow. I'm, I, in no way will I ever say Halloween one and two are the worst movie ever. So I have to give it the best movie ever. Because I just Wait, I can't allow it to but say. Not, so you're telling me Halloween one and two is the best Halloween movie ever? But th- that the nature of the rating is is not to say that it has to. Necess- that's just our rating system. Either it's bad or it's good. But you're saying ever? Yeah, F- that's just the name of the rating system, JB. Hold on, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to do a challenge. Cut. That's fine. I want to throw the red flag and I want to <laughs> do a challenge and I want to rewind. Okay. It's the best movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand your damn rating system. <laughs> so, any any last thoughts on these two movies, JB? Before we go ahead and tell the people good night. Uh, no, I mean, uh, again, both movies are done well. I can't I can't wait to watch um, the, the other ones. I've seen all the Halloweens, but I can't wait to to continue going down that that path and you know relive these things. Remind me of when I was younger, so I enjoy watching them and and they're good for what they are. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed um, discussing these two movies and wa- rewatching both of these movies. So I can't wait to first to delve a little bit more into Halloween and uh, Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. As this this particular series goes on more, I'll definitely, definitely looking forward to talking more Halloween. Um, but yeah, I mean that's it. We're gonna sign off. JB, tell the people where they can find you. I can be found on Twitter at the P one JB. That's at the P one JB. Go ahead and tweet at me. Let me know. Let us know what your favorite horror movie is. Did you like Halloween one or Halloween two? Which one did you like better? Go ahead and tweet at us. Let, let us know. Yeah, let us know. And then also let us know any other horror movies you would like to see covered. Um, after even after we get into the series, and that's anything from big big box office successes to the shit you find on netflix so just let us know but i am ceo hayes you can find me at ceo h-a-i-z-e no pardon words jb you're just gonna just you're flicking the middle finger off bye